Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for health, making a social impact. And we've been expanding the thesis of our show, as everyone knows, to Web3 and how technology changes in Web3 and AI and how technology is changing so fast. Uh, it's having an impact on society. It's having an impact on health. But uh, as everyone knows, these episodes are really about the origin stories of really interesting entrepreneurs, founders, leaders in this world, people that are making a big difference. And um, along those lines, I have Vijista Rakesh on the show today. I'm really enthused and excited about this episode. So Vijista is uh, the Partnerships and Community Lead at Blockchain Valley Ventures. And Blockchain Valley Ventures has a lot of great theses. They're doing some really great stuff. But most importantly, I don't want to steal his thunder. Um, uh, and I know you go by Vish for short, but Vish, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot, Anthony. Thanks a lot for that introduction. Uh, yeah, really happy to be here. Yeah, very enthused to do this episode with you. Very excited to hear about where it all started. Maybe if you can do me a favor and teleport us back. Teleport us back to where... Uh, where you started. I don't know how far back you want to go, but you have a really interesting background. You're doing some interesting things right now. I'd love to hear about your origin story. Sure, sure. I, I won't go in like too much depth, but yeah, I'm uh, originally from India. Uh, that's where I've done my schooling from. So I, I was here till uh, India, India to I think 2013 or so. Then after that, I got a scholarship from a UK university, the University of Liverpool. So I moved there for my bachelor's in business degree. In my second year there, I started an events organizing business with uh, about 10 other students uh, to organize these entertainment and educational events across Liverpool. So we used to organize these super, super cheap student nights at these high-end clubs in Liverpool where all the footballers and all the rich people used to party. And it was, it was a big hit. So I did that for, during my second year for almost a year. And after finishing that, I moved back to India and I started my uh, hyper-local logistics business where I used to partner with restaurants to deliver their food. So something like Postmates or Uber Eats. This was back in 2016. So I, in, living in like a tier two city in India, it, was, it wasn't very common to have all these kinds of services there. So I started from being a logistics provider, then slowly trans transitioned into an app and a website. I was doing WhatsApp for business back then, taking food orders on WhatsApp. So that was fun. I did that for almost two years, and then I exited out of the company. Uh, as a 22-year-old at that time, I, I kind of realized that I, there was a lot more to learn about business in general. So I, that's when I decided to pursue uh, a master's degree. Uh, while I was uh, preparing for the masters, I, I worked with Sony Pictures uh, in the media entertainment space for a bit for their OTT platform. Uh, that was for almost a year. Then I went to NUS Singapore and actually in Paris for the masters. And yeah, that's where I really got it really got to work with these early stage startups and venture capital. I worked with this pre-seed uh, Canadian food tech startup, helped them build their core strategy around uh, pricing, around the go-to market, things like that. And after that, I met Ali uh, from Blockchain Founders Fund. I'm sure you know him pretty well. Mm -hmm. So he introduced me to the world of venture capital, and I've been in this space ever since. So I worked uh, with Blockchain Founders Fund uh, for a little less than a year uh, while I was doing my master's at SEC. And now I'm, I've been working with uh, Blockchain Valley Ventures across Switzerland and Singapore. So I've always had this inclination towards working with startups and like 
having been an entrepreneur myself, I thought that being on the investor side, I get to work with tens of founders at the same time. So why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit about my current role and what I do right now. I lead partnerships and community initiatives at BBB. I also bring in and qualify uh, deal flow and fundraising across two funds, a token and an equity fund. Mm-hmm. Um, on the on the other side, not professional side of things, I, I, I'm a voluntary startup mentor for Alchemist Accelerator and I lead the venture initiative um, of Sense Entrepreneurs. They will try to promote uh, entrepreneurship in the Sense community. Sense, it, it's a cooperation of about, I think, 34 or 35 leading business schools and universities globally. So they partner with multi, multinational companies and NGOs. And yeah, I, I try to promote entrepreneurship there. So that's, that's a little bit about me. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I see a common thread between everything that you've been doing. I mean, phenomenal background, um, de- definitely super diverse, you know, thematics of entrepreneurship, working close with founders, the innovation spark that happens there, either being a catalyst for it, uh, supporting it, uh, funding it, and uh, broad spectrum of work, startups and technologies that you've worked with different platforms. And, you know, now you're at the crux, you know, of, of Web3 blockchain and uh, making an impact. And it's really exciting. And, and I know you guys are going to be making some, pre- some pretty big, um, uh, big moves here, you know, obviously with your fund and everything that you guys are doing. Uh, I guess, uh, tell me a little bit about what has you excited, what thematics of investing or startups or what has you currently excited, any projects you're working on or any things that you're seeing that really is getting you out of bed in the morning and, and uh, really excited. I just love to hear a, a little bit more. So, Sure, sure. So uh, in terms of uh, where we invest right now, we look at uh, five categories in total. So we have uh, artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, cybersecurity, future of finance, and blockchain slash web three. Uh, what gets me the most excited is pretty much all these emerging technologies and like talking to all these brilliant founders like yourself on a day-to-day basis. So that that kind of like gets me out of bed in the morning. Uh, in terms of uh, trying to narrow down on the technologies and that I that I'm really excited about. So I'm very passionate about emerging technologies in general, like I said. But uh, so things like generative AI, for example, quantum computing, DeFi, Web3, NFTs, SBTs, uh, even future of finance, for that matter. Uh, and yeah, these are these are the ones that have like really really uh, I've developed a passion for all of these. And blockchain gaming uh, has really stood out for me. Lately, uh, we have a very, very strong gaming background. We're very bullish on blockchain gaming and Web3 gaming in general. And we've been very like deep diving a lot into the sector. And it's crazy the kind of things that we're seeing here. Like, believe it or not, like gaming, uh, just blockchain gaming was responsible for almost, I think, 49% of the blockchain transactions in 2022. So if you think about it, it's insane, like about how many verticals there are in the blockchain space, really. And yeah, it's it's not even get going unnoticed by investors because VPs, I think, invested a little shy of $8 billion in blockchain gaming last year. Yeah. And they have, yeah, it's it's crazy. And uh, there's like a daily average of uh, more than 1 million unique wallets connected to these dApps in 2022. So that's what's, that's what's uh, really interesting to me. I, I have been seeing this, this kind of shift in the whole mentality of like uh, web free and blockchain gaming developers mm-hmm. where there's, it started with as the play to earn kind of a thing and then it slowly transitioned towards play and earn. 
where earning is kind of the byproduct for players and the developers are using this engagement first approach right now where the game has to be engaging. They have to have a good time playing the game and then maybe you can earn uh, money out of it. That. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, another, another really crazy stat that I saw recently was that uh, the VC investments in blockchain gaming, especially early stage, have gone up, uh, I think, by more than 40x uh, since 2020. And even looking at uh, the 2022 crypto events, the unfortunate events that have happened and which affected pretty much the whole industry, uh, despite all that, there's like so such a strong interest in this vertical of gaming. And there's, I think, uh, a little over 100% increase on a year-by-year basis. So in my opinion, uh, that's one of the most promising sectors in the whole ecosystem and like the Web3 and blockchain ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, Vish. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. So some playback there, quantum computing, AI, generative AI, blockchain, gaming, uh, fintech, uh, all really, you know, quantum computing, all, all really powerful technologies. Are there any... Uh, problems in the real world, in in health or populate in our population world or humanity in general that you'd like to see these technologies, one or two or few of them converge to solve some pretty big problems. Obviously, there's a lot of problems. There's probably a lot of problems. You know, the latest chatter is what are the the, the big problems that could happen if generative AI uh, runs away with itself too fast, right? Um, what? I'd like to hear maybe some some areas or potential solutions or maybe some theses on some problems you'd like to see solved or see seeing solved through some of these technologies or the convergence of some of these technologies. Definitely, uh, I think there's a bit of all these technologies that can contribute to the health sector in general. Uh, I, for one, think that AI is going to be uh, one of the biggest contributors in the space along with uh, machine learning because all these prediction models, they can, these complex prediction models that can be made up uh, in the health sector, that's uh, one thing uh, that's going, that's, that has me like really bullish on the AI's contribution in health. Apart from that, I was uh, reading up, uh, so I, I got in touch with this entrepreneur called Nadine. Uh, he's uh, kind of, he's developing this uh, startup where she has pioneered remote surgery where uh, using 5G. And it's insane. Like I saw a demo uh, for her for her company. Uh, I think it's called Proximy AI. They get doctors from say like the US to remotely surgically operate on people on the other side of the world in real time. Wow, it's insane. It's a machine where you just uh, the doctor puts their hands in uh, and they just operate how they would normally operate, and the machine on the other side of the world does the operation uh, the procedure on the patient. Uh, they've, they've had like a great success rate so far. They've been backed by a few governments. They've been given a lot of like grants from the governments. And yeah, uh, I think in, in all, uh, all these technologies, emerging technologies have huge contributions towards, uh, towards the health sector. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it is super fascinating. I don't, I don't know about you as well, but just keeping rapid, it's almost like a, a lot of people in tech are going through change fatigue right now because AI is compounding so much change so fast. You know, it's a technologist kind of job, right? To kind of see where the future is going. But you go on product hunt every day now, it's like, you know, six new AI tools left and right. And now the AI is talking with itself. And now it's, oh, we've got <laughs> auto agents now. And um, it's, it's, it's a lot to keep up with. I guess where I'm coming back to there as well is like, 
so yeah, to your point, right? Yeah, we're seeing AI just compound on itself so fast. People were not expecting that. And it's just really kind of been out, right? Like three, four months. And now every single day it's compounding. But then you also have this new uh, element of the blockchain gaming. And now these worlds can be generating on, on themselves. The objects can be generating them themselves soon. The characters are probably going to be talking to themselves soon. And um, I guess where I'm going with that too is... Uh, in the intersection of AI and blockchain, and obviously blockchain and finance, and the the concept of ownership and digital collectibles, any innovations or intrigue that you're finding there uh, lately in the convergence of those pieces? We've been seeing some AI tokens lately, so there is definitely convergence. It's it's in very very early stages, in my opinion, from what we've seen so far. Uh, there's a bunch of really complex algorithms that are going on uh, mm -hmm. these uh, these ML models that they are trying to create, and they are trying, trying to tokenize uh, that and trying to basically govern the whole uh, AI model based on the tokens. Mm. So just try to like decentralize it, try to take a little bit of power away from it. So it's still very early stages. I think it's uh, still people are exploring the possibilities, but yeah, mm -hmm. people are just scratching on the surface really, and I think there's a lot to dig there. And in terms of uh, collectible NFTs, I when I when I talk to people about NFTs, I like to say that okay, I love NFTs, but I like the underlying technology behind NFTs. So I like to call them NFTs beyond collectibles because they there there are so many insane use cases. Uh, NFTs were used. Uh, I think it's been almost two years since they were used uh, in voting in Japan for a, for a local election. It is mm -hmm. a pilot there. So obviously there's so many use cases for the underlying technology, but it, it's kind of like the media, right? They hype up, okay, like people sold a $68 million art piece and it's just a JPEG. <laughs> so yeah, things like that. Uh, it's, it's, really, it's relatively new people. People are still getting used to the ideas of owning digital assets, uh, even collectibles. And even, for example, SBTs now, uh, people, the soulbound tokens, uh, people are really, really curious to know what they are, how they are going to go about it, and yeah, what kind of implications they might have. But yeah. again, uh, all these innovations and these new new things that keep happening kind of bring bring in the challenge of regulation and this regulatory uncertainty around, like the whole web ecosystem in general. For example, there's so many like regulatory uh, scrutinies and uncertainties uh, among the regulators. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's one challenge I think that comes with innovation, but it's all about balancing the innovation with the uh, with the governance really and the regulation. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously we're coming off the heels also as you know some of these topics were were pretty big um, pillar pieces at NFT NYC, right? Um, where you know it's really about the utility and the value of the digital collectible and yeah, concepts of you know soulbound tokens applying to, you know, medical records, healthcare, applying to a lot of different certificates and licenses and having that openness of credibility and trust around those things um, are insane, powerful use cases. You know, not to mention you also have on the gaming side, you know, all of those collectibles and points and things that we thought we had all of these years by playing our games. And I know as a teenager, summer's tucked away on things that I can't even show for today that I wish I, why I, had, I could get some credit for it. Um, so it's exciting to, to see that the upper coming generation is going to have these things available. You know, hopefully there's not too much detriment as well at, you know, too many immersive experiences that are going to cause kids to 
hang out in a generated AI metaverse uh, most of their lives without, you know, going out for sun, <laughs> sunshine every now and then. But um, I guess along the, those lines of, of speaking about where this is going, where the future is, I, I liken it also, it's kind of like uh, when MP3s came out and there was like Kazaa and Napster and all of these tools, you know, no one says anymore, I'm listening to this great MP3. The, the term MP3 kind of faded away to the background. And hopefully now we're on the verge of just talking about a digital collectible and ownership certificate, a license. And then the notion of that is now just uh, conceptually decentralized. Um, so just elaborating on that a little bit in future focus, tell me, Vish, where do you see the future of some of these technologies going, your interest points? Where do you see your role playing, your, your convictions of playing a role into supporting the future? Do you see yourself working closer with founders even more? I just love to hear about the future and and where where you'd like to see yourself placed in this future that's um, that's in the middle of a, a major convergence on all these factors. Yeah, I think the future is certainly exciting, very exciting in my opinion. Uh, the kind of founders we've, we've been seeing and people, like especially if we talk about Web three and blockchain universe, people are more focused on solving real world problems now uh, compared to just like believing the hype and getting people to just like pump and dump kind of schemes with their tokens. I think uh, one of the major factors that's going to, that's going to influence adoption is uh, the institutional adoption uh, for blockchain and Web3. So we, we are really, really like big promoters of uh, institutional adoption for blockchain because we have been in this space uh, in the early days. So everyone in our team has been in this space since. 2011, 2012. So they re they really understand the underlying technology and the potential it can have. But there's like so many segues that go about it. But yeah, institutional adoption, like I said, it's one of the major factors. Uh, for example, uh, if you if you know about Project Guardian from Singapore with JP Morgan and DBS and SBI, right? Uh, it was it was it was a really big step in my opinion uh, because they. They really enabled foreign exchange of uh, these government government bond transactions against these liquidity pools, and these these pools they included uh, tokenized Singapore government security bonds. They had Japanese government bonds, Japanese yen, Singapore dollars, and yeah, it's it's really nice to see that the governments are taking these initiatives uh, and just adopting these uh, these uh, emerging technologies, and they're not just they're not just uh, thinking of them as things that, that need to be changed and they think of the existing system as not broken, so it does not need to be fixed. So yeah, it's, it, I think it's really cool. And like I said, people are, people are really focusing on uh, solving real world problems. And yeah, there's, there's, there's been this like really tremendous uh, growth of Web3 developers lately. So uh, I think uh, the global uh, blockchain market uh, really was, I think it was valued at uh, 2.8 or 2.9 billion in 2021. And mm -hmm. it's it's forecasted to grow at a CGR of almost uh, 42% uh, to 2028, uh, which is insane because the technology has been around since 2009, 2010. And yeah, another, another interesting uh, vertical that I was thinking about, uh, like we were talking about this convergence of emerging tech uh, so yeah, AI ML. Uh, so uh, like like we were talking about this this convergence, and I'm thinking there's so many so many aspects of Web three that can be kind of improved uh, with a, a AI and ML. For example, these 
complex prediction models that we talked about being incorporated in the health. They, these can be uh, these can be used to optimize a lot of, part, of parts of Web three as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you think of think of things such as like the token economics or governance or resource allocation, these uh, these prediction models can help uh, overcome these human errors and just build a smarter, smarter uh, system in general. Even yeah. for example, smart contracts, uh, if we think about them, they can be powered by AI algorithms to automate all these like complicated decision-making processes in a very, very decentralized way. So yeah, there's a lot of convergence gonna happen. There's going to be a lot of exciting things uh, for the future. And in in my opinion, uh, as an investor, our, our job is to just help the founders in any way we can. With, it yeah. could be with capital, it could be with network, could be opening doors for them just any way we can and we kind of have that founder first approach at BVV as well so we we try to be very hands-on with the founders always be present wherever we can help and yeah just help them do their thing really like we're not there to tell them what to do we're just there to like okay we're here if you need us just let us know and we'll try to do our best to help you out that's that's the kind of mantra that we live by that's great. That's great, Vish. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you on all of those those pieces. And uh, it's it's interesting that um, I, I think when 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 Web three and AI, those conversations were starting to be those terms were starting to be used in the same sentence. Uh, you're 80 to 90 percent of most entrepreneurs or found you know VCs interactions are like these two things don't go together. But the reality, they actually are kind of almost going to be one in the same. And one's enabling the other and the other's enabling the other, right, even more. And to your point, the effect on cities, states, countries, US, uh, whether it's US GDP, a country's GDP, um, the, the massiveness of these compound effects to be able to affect the well-being of a, of a community, currency, um, and, and to be able to fund, you know, all of these different initiatives for a country um, these, these two technologies in itself are going to reduce so much friction of just movement of payments, of financing, trust contracts. Um, and then on top of that, the prediction model. So being able to drudge out waste from running experiments that don't work. Now you're going to, now the, the, even on a personal basis, I'm sure you're like me, you know, you probably use chat GPT 20 times a yep. day you're starting to find there, there's very few problems that are unsolvable these days. Uh, if you're persistent mm -hmm. enough, you're, there's a, you're, everyone can solve problems. And to be able to see that done on a government perspective or from a country perspective. But um, so I was just elaborating here a little bit, but I guess um, I, I didn't want to take up too much of your time. You know, one thing I always do at the end of these episodes is I always love, it's, it's refreshing to hear your founder story. It's uh, exciting to hear what you're working on. And you and I can probably jam out on this stuff all day. But I love to also hear about health-wise? Like, what, what do you do personally to stay fit, healthy? Tell me a little bit about your health philosophy. Um, just love to hear about what, what, what you do to stay healthy these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I, I, I'm a very active person. I go to the gym probably like six days a week, uh, mm -hmm. almost. I focus a lot on uh, movement. I focus a lot on uh, strength training, uh, not a lot on cardio, to be very honest. Uh, I, I find that very, very boring. Uh, I got an Apple Watch <laughs> yeah. to track my sleep, to track uh, the calories that I burn, steps. So in general, I think it's a, it's imperative that we stay healthy, especially in the times that we live right now. And it's it's so easy to just ignore health uh, mm. as the health aspect of your life. 
and it's connected to literally every other single aspect of your life and yeah it's connected to your sleep it's connected to your work it's connected to your mood people i've heard stories of people coming out of depression just because they started exercising and focusing on their health so mm-hmm. their physical health turned out to affect their mental health in a positive way so yeah i i try to be as healthy as i can uh, i don't want to overdo it but yeah it just it's just a good way of me blowing off some steam as well yeah so that's that's what i do that's great that's great fish yeah no i just love hearing about what other people do for habits and uh also, it re-inspires me as as well. You know, it's like on a day that I was thinking about not, you know, going to work out or doing some strength training. Now you've inspired me uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> but no, this is great fish. Yeah, no, it's important more than ever before, you know, in a world where technology can keep us glued a lot more than ever before and mm-hmm. uh, the ability to break away. Sometimes it's almost like you have to peel yourself away from technology and really force yeah. yourself to put away to, to do what you have to do. Excited that you do, you know, you, you uh, use an Apple watch and, um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. We didn't talk about too much about IoT, but obviously that's a major converging factor of everything that's going on as well mm-hmm. um, and the ability to change. Um, uh, Vish, no more questions for you, honestly, but but one tiny question is if our viewers and listeners like to get a hold of you, is what's a good way to reach out to you or interact with you if, if, if you'd like that to happen? <laughs> no, of course, I love that. <laughs> I honestly love that to happen. Uh, LinkedIn, I think, is the best way to get uh, reach out to me, honestly. I try to reply to all the messages that I get. Sometimes it might be delayed a bit because sometimes it gets like really crowded, but I try, sure. try to take out time during my weekend, just reply to every single message. And yeah, most of them are founders like yourself. And if they need any help, uh, I, try to, I try to connect them to relevant people. I try to help them out myself if I can. And yeah, always open to have a chat, really. Sounds great. Vish, thank you so much. This was great. We're, I'm sure you'll get people that reach out to you. This was refreshing to talk to you about all of these different topics, but more importantly, I feel like I know you a lot now, and I, I'm, I'm always uh, obsessed with people's like origin stories, especially when they're doing some really impactful things in the world. It's always really important to see why someone's doing what they do and where it all started and what that prompted, and we got a good sense of that from the, from this conversation and from this episode show. Um, Vish, thank you so much. This was really great to connect with you and hopefully we can have you back and maybe in six months, 12 months from now, hear about a lot more of these projects in action that are, that are getting finance and, and things like that. So, uh, so Vish, thank you so much. This was great. No, thanks a lot, Anthony. It was a pleasure uh, joining you and yeah, hopefully I, I will be back with more stories and more things that, <laughs> that we could have, we would do in the future. So yeah, always happy to join. Awesome, awesome. Vish, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Same here.